the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two of the Bob France Authority gets underway now at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock. A little bit late. Came, uh, we lasted a little bit longer than we thought with Congressman Jim Jordan. I had to ask him uh, those last couple of very important questions, and I certainly appreciate his time. Uh, he, I can't wait to see, by the way, what Bruce Orr does say tomorrow. We won't know tomorrow because it is a closed-door session, but hopefully transcripts will be released uh, in whatever redacted form they must be shortly thereafter. But it'll be very interesting to get some of the, uh, some of the answers from one of the individuals who, along along with his wife, was most responsible for the uh, dossier, the Trump dossier, which was used illegally to get in a, 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 a wiretap warrant on uh, the Trump administration. All right. Uh, so thanks to him. We are guest free in hour number two, two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. And also, I want to hit you on Twitter and on Facebook again, because I want you to use those platforms to follow me and also share information so that we can counter uh, the misinformation put out by the left on those various social media platforms. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at France Radio or Radio Done Right. All one word, either one. And on Facebook, it's France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Now, I just put a poll up there on Twitter a few moments ago. It was, spa- it was, uh, the idea was, uh, uh, given to me by TJ. He didn't tell me to do a poll, but I mean, what he said inspired me to put this poll up on Twitter. TJ made a statement, and I'm, paraphrasing it because I didn't memorize it word for word, but he said something to the effect of, if you haven't said anything nice about a person in their life, you shouldn't say nice things about them after their death. And I'm paraphrasing TJ there because it was pretty profound. Um, and I gave him attribution to that. Well, he just said a radio show caller. It's not mine. It's a listener's. And so I put this on on Twitter. I wrote, if you haven't said anything nice, in quotes, about a person in their life, you shouldn't say nice things about them after their death. And here's my poll question. Should public figures like the president or anyone who's a public figure, people that, you know, that draw attention, 
Should public figures give insincere eulogies to the deceased out of respect for their families? And so far, the results are 58% say yes, be respectful. Give a eulogy even if you don't mean it. Give a nice, say something nice about somebody even if you don't mean it. Even though you dislike them during their life, say nice things about them after their death. 58% say that. 42% say no. Tell the truth about how you feel about someone. I'm curious as to how you feel about that. Uh, if you are on Twitter, follow me at Radio Done Right or France Radio and give your answer to that question. How do you think uh, the president and others should speak of John McCain? And I'll say this, too. I, on my own personal Facebook page, um, what I wrote uh, a couple of hours after finding out about John McCain's passing over the weekend these were my, and mind you, I, I was not a fan of the man as a politician. Um, I remained very conflicted about my fandom for him or my appreciation for him with respect to his status as a war hero and a prisoner of war, only because, as I said previously, of the uh, you know fellow uh, POWs who continue to this very day to speak very negatively about him, saying that this uh, hero status of his is undeserved. I mean, we all know the story. The story is that John McCain turned down early release uh, because he said it wasn't his turn, and others who had been held there longer should go before him, which is certainly heroic, if accurate. Uh, We have also heard uh, some of those other individuals refer to him as, in a very derogatory way, Songbird John, saying this is a guy who didn't just give name, rank, and serial number, and and that's it. I'm not telling you anything else to the enemy when they would hit him or torture him, but that he gave them anything they wanted, they wanted and that he would say things that would actually uh, be used as propaganda for the North Vietnamese. And that harmed, you know, the United States military position. This is what they say. I'm, of course, not judging this at all myself because I was not there, but I just know that there, are, there is a controversial view of his time in, in captivity. Um, surviving five and a half years in the Hanoi Hilton, being the victim of uh, incredible brutality, makes anyone a hero. The question is, is, did he survive that brutality or did he sing his way out of being brutalized? And some of the stuff that we've heard is, is uh, mythological in nature. That's, that's essentially where we are. So I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. Um, I, I prefer to believe the, 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 the hero part. I prefer to believe that there are, in fact, I know, I don't, I don't just prefer to believe it. I, in fact, I, I truly do believe, I know that there are American POWs and even some who were never found, MIAs, who encountered extraordinarily brutal things and found a way to survive despite those things. And I want to always believe in American heroism and always will. The controversy surrounding Senator McCain's, uh, and then just uh, Aviator McCain, Naval, Naval uh, Aviator McCain, uh, is, is something that will probably live on forever. It depends on who you want to believe. But what I tweeted and Facebooked yesterday, or excuse me, on Saturday about this, was the following. May Senator John McCain rest in eternal peace, and may God bless and comfort his grieving family and friends. That's where I left it, because I didn't want to say more, and I didn't want to say less. I want him to rest in the eternal peace of God. He deserves that. Um, Regardless about how you feel about the things that I just mentioned, 
whatever his successes or his failings have may have been in in uh, in the service and the, and as a senator. You know, as a senator, he stood true to his principles, even if I didn't agree with him all the time. And it's hard to really argue with somebody who does that. I just hope they were always his principles and not letting his pettiness or vindictiveness or hatred for Donald Trump guide those principles. But he deserves to rest in eternal peace, as all of us failing sinners do, if we are truly repentant. And I do want God to bring comfort to his grieving family and friends. But does do I or does anyone else have to say any more than that? Well, that was the question. President Trump simply said, I'm thinking about the family. Uh, you've lost someone you love, and uh, and that's terrible, and uh, and you have our support, my heart, heartfelt prayers and support, or however he phrased it. That's it. That's all that he gave, and maybe that's all he should give, because I again prefer the authenticity to the uh, uh, to the phony, uh, you know, fake eulogies or insincere statements of respect for somebody that you didn't really respect when they're in life. I kind of feel that way. Uh, Joe in Fairview Park, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, Joe. Thanks for waiting. You're next. Go ahead. Yeah, Bob, I do agree with your earlier comment that uh, President Trump acted appropriately. Say a very, you know, that you give your condolences and then don't say anything else. Right. I don't think he should say anything else at this point. But uh, I do want to be honest, though, too, and say... I, I fear, by the way, that he won't be able to... Of, hold on, hold on. I fear that he might not be able to resist. Just, you know, just, just observationally, he always has something to say. I fear I, I that he's going to... I think this is a case, if he doesn't, that uh, they're being venal or saying things against him on what he said against McCain and that will only make them look bad. He'd be smart just... just yeah, but but but... but you're right. You're you're 100% right. But he's done that before. Look at the Omarosa thing. Omarosa said terrible, terrible things about him that were completely unsubstantiated. People on the left criticized her in saying, that's bullcrap, I don't believe it, she's a liar. People on the right said it, and President Trump all he had to do was sit there and stay silent and let all of those people condemn her lies them for him, and instead he gets out there and calls her, I don't even remember all the names he called her, about uh, uh, being... Uh, you know, uh, being dishonest and, 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 you know, other negative words. I just can't remember them all. And then it suddenly made Omarosa look like the victim. So I don't know. Uh, you're right. He should do that. But I feel like, you know, after saying, doing it the right way, he didn't say anything negative about John McCain. He didn't give praise. He just didn't say anything at all about him. He just said prayers for the family. And I feel like once the service happens, especially if somebody says something in one of the eulogies or one of the statements is made uh, that might put him in a bad light, then he's going to come out and say something that's going to make things worse. I don't know. I just, Bob, I, Bob, I just don't have let, a lot of faith uh, in that. Let us, you know, it, put the truth out there if, it, if it's called for. I'd have to be Fair honest. Fair enough. I agree I with that. I was not a big fan of John McCain. I feel he way overplayed his POW status. I look at, at the past, at some of the things that started with me, well, I, I won't go into the military service. I served during the Vietnam War, and, and I had a brother next to the forest stall when that incident occurred. But it really started with me with the Keating Five, and he used his POW status to get himself out of a terrible situation. You look at the Gang of Eight with that immigration reform he pushed, which Rubio took most of the heat for. Right. But McCain was the one who, it looked remarkably like what he was proposing in 2008. They didn't get on him again because he was a war hero. Sequestration. What he did in sequestration was 
uh, unconscionable, unconscionable. Even he said it was a terrible bill and admitted he should have never voted for it afterwards, and it devastated our military. Uh, it, it, the, yeah. the VA, during his time in, terrible, terrible during his tenure. Uh, and you never saw him, you know, going after the hospitals and the, the waiting lines and the things like that. I, I'm just, I, you know, did John McCain do good things? But let's not overlook some of the things that were, you know, passed by, because every time you said anything, on John McCain calls Trump voters crazies. And, and you, you come back at him, and I, and I feel what Trump said was inappropriate the way he said it, okay? But John McCain was totally absolved of any wrongdoing by calling people crazies. Why? Because he was a war hero. Because he was a war hero. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct. There are certain things that give people immunity from criticism. And and being a war hero, being a POW, being somebody who survived such a terrible uh, situation as the Hanoi Hilton, you're right. You can't criticize them or else you are perceived as being insensitive oh, yeah, to someone's suffering. Bob, and I, I would ask you, maybe for your own information, go back and look at the events surrounding that fire, fire on the USS Forrestal as to how it concerned John McCain and, and see if you believe that if his father wouldn't have been a four-star admiral right then, he wouldn't have even been flying a plane when, when he was shot down in Vietnam. Well, that would be some history. I, and Joe, thanks for the call. That would be some history I would have to look into and study. But based on what I know right now, I can say this. Um, you're right, uh, largely, about John McCain's war hero status insulating him from criticism in various ways. Um, and if President Trump would have said it that way, back when they had their feud in 2015, if he would have said something like, look, I know John McCain is a war hero, that doesn't make him right. Now, we don't have this controversy. Instead, he said, he's not a war hero. Why is he a war hero? Because he got shot down and captured? I prefer people who don't get captured. Now you have gone from trying to say, I disagree with this guy who shouldn't use his war hero status to make himself feel right, to somebody who attacked all POWs and said, I like people who weren't captured. <laughs> that means the people I do like or I don't like are the ones who were captured. That's just a horrific thing to say, and the president really, really never apologized for that, and I think he should. I think it would go a long way. Even in John McCain's death, he, you know, an apology for that remark, a retraction, saying, no, I certainly don't feel that way about people who are captured, but I was very upset with Senator McCain at the time, and it came out the wrong way, and I do regret that. If he said that, do you know how much good it would do for everybody? Everybody, including himself, including his polls, which we'll talk about more uh, right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty-eight. Now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. I mentioned the polls going into that last break. Let me hit this again real quick because um, it is really, really amazing. What I said on Twitter and Facebook earlier today about this is that there is going to be a fresh wave of liberal tears. And there's going to be a run on coloring books and therapy puppies. 
when the liberals realized that President Trump's no good, awful, very bad, terrible week last week, filled with Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort and uh, uh, longtime uh, associates uh, agreeing to immunity deals, all of these things were supposed to be the death knell for Donald Trump, the beginning of the end. The liberals were just cheering all week. Oh, my God. This is what we've been waiting for. Trump is going down. Now nobody can defend and support this guy. Until we see today's NBC News and Wall Street Journal poll, the latest NBC News and Wall Street Journal polls show that President Trump's approval rating remains unchanged. The remarkable stability of Trump's approval rating has got to be eating the liberal mind up from the inside out like a bacteria on their brain they already suffer from stage four trump derangement syndrome now they've got to have trump uh a bacteria on their brain just eating it alive they're just they have to be beside themselves what do we have to do we got cohen pleading guilty and, and basically saying trump is an unindicted co-conspirator we got manafort being popped for eight out of 18 accounts we got his associates taking plea deals Holy cow, and the people still love him. And you want to know why the approval rating has not changed? You want to know why he remains as popular as he has been, which is, by the way, more popular in approval rating than Barack Obama was at the same time of his presidency? Because we're winning. Because 4.1%. Because for the first time in recorded history, our GDP is at a higher rate Then our unemployment rate. Think about that. 4.1% GDP growth, 3.9% unemployment. That has never happened before. People realize we are winning. So no matter what his personal peccadillos are, no matter what his marital issues or his infidelity issues might be, the bottom line is we are winning, and people don't want to change that. More coming up after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Unchain my heart, baby. Let me be. Cause you don't care. Well, please set me free. 10.35 now as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Phone lines are open at 216-901-0945, You can also get on Twitter and follow me and find me there and make comments to Radio Done Right on Twitter. Radio Done Right, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. Also, Facebook France Radio. Poll update, a little bit of a shift in the poll that I put up earlier. Um, I quoted a radio caller as TJ earlier who said, paraphrasing, if you haven't said anything nice about a person in their life, then you shouldn't say nice things about them in their death. Poll question is, should public figures give insincere eulogies to the deceased out of respect to their families? And so far, uh, it had been um, the majority saying, yes, be respectful. Even if you don't mean it, say nice things. Just out of respect for the family. Now it has reversed itself. Well, not totally reversed, but uh, 55% say no. Tell the truth. Even if you didn't like them, tell the truth about what you felt about them or maybe perhaps remain silent. 
and 45% say yes, be respectful, even if you don't mean it. So keep those votes coming in uh, to uh, my Twitter page, which is radio, or Twitter feed, rather, which is Radio Done Right. Check that out and vote there. All right, back to the phones we go. Navy man Norm is on AM 1420, The Answer. Norm, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. Uh, before I go on to my response to Joe, the last caller, I want to say that statement that Donald Trump made about McCain was the most egregious, the most asinine, and the most despicable public statement he ever entered in his life. I think he should have made a public apology. I mean, a real public apology, not to just McCain, but to the 593 POWs who served with him in Vietnam and the other 2,500 missing uh, men over in Vietnam. I mean, that was... You know I love Trump dearly, and I go to hell and back for him, but that that statement... uh, as a Navy man, it really hit me, too. You know what? Before you go on, Norm, I I could not agree with you more. I said it at the time. I was simply appalled. I was disgusted. Now, I was even more disgusted then because at that time, this was primary time, and I I was not a Donald Trump supporter. I was a Ted Cruz supporter, and there were about three or four or five other people I would have chosen ahead of Donald Trump during that time as well. And it was just another example of why, because it was reprehensible for him to say that. Now, I since, of course, became a Trump supporter as soon as we knew he was going to be the nominee and we had to stop Hillary Clinton. And I've been greatly appreciative of everything the president has done. As I said previously, uh, before the, the last news, we're winning. He is doing a tremendous job, and I'm so glad to have been wrong about him. Yet still today, his aides say that he has refused and does not regret saying what you just described. He doesn't regret it. Two, almost three, well, it's about three years later now. He doesn't take it back. He, he, uh, he still believes that McCain was only considered a war hero because he was captured and that because he prefers people who weren't captured. Um, I just, I don't understand that. I don't understand how somebody who has rebuilt our military and who has expressed extreme support as commander in chief for all of our troops, no matter what branch they're from and what branch they're in, I don't understand how he cannot issue an apology and a clarification about what he meant that day, because it still hangs over his head. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I, like you, I was a Dick supporter, too, as well. And, I mean, I, I, I just didn't feel that well. But, anyway, getting back to uh, Joe and his comments, yeah. first let me pick up the comment he made about the USS Forrestal, the fire uh, on the flight deck that caused, caused the lives of 134 sailors. Uh, John McCain's plane was engulfed in those flames. His plane did not cause it. There was a plane that had just landed behind where the planes that were getting ready to take off, and a rocket, an underwing rocket that had been uh, not been uh, dropped on the mission, skidded across the flight deck and exploded under McCain's plane. So McCain had nothing whatsoever to do with the fire that was on the flight deck of the uh, Forestall. I served two years on the Carrier Independence, which is a sister ship of the Forestall. Mm-hmm. And Bob, let me tell you, the flight deck is loaded with jet fuel, a uh, jet fuel JP5 uh, ammunition, the whole nine yards, and it just takes a spark. It just takes a spark. So I, I don't know where these men, these detractors and critics, are coming from when they accuse him of having something to do with that. It just blows my mind. I did not. I did not hear that in his comment. Did he say? Did the caller say that McCain was responsible? I just heard him say that yep. if his father hadn't been a four-star admiral at the time, yeah. I think he's four-star, that he wouldn't have been there. I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't take that no, to mean that it was think, his fault. No he, no, he didn't. But I just wanted to okay. clarify that because there's so many and and people in. And I know out that of has it, been a story, right? That has been a story. Yeah, 
The secondly, I worked in the McCain or in the McCain Palin campaign in 2008, and I was fortunate to meet John McCain as well as several other POWs, including one from Ohio, who's one of the the nicest and greatest men you'd ever want to meet, Colonel Thomas Moe, uh, who's in the Ohio Veterans Hall of Fame. Anyway, McCain came across to me as being genuine, humble, uh, just unbelievable. And I did talk to the, some of the other POWs, and they all basically backed him 100%. Not one of them said anything derogatory about him, Bob, And you know, from my standpoint. But I would ask Joe and anybody else that wanted to take something away from McCain's captivity. How are you fair spending three years in solitary confinement? Three years in solitary confinement, not just, you know, getting tortured and everything, Mm -hmm. but three years in solitary confinement and then being tortured beyond your wildest dreams. I mean, being tied, hung upside down in chairs, beaten with bamboo sticks and everything. And McCain had an opportunity to be released early because the North Vietnamese wanted to use his father's position as the admiral of the Pacific Fleet, if McCain has, had accepted that, they were willing to release him and use that as a propaganda propaganda victory. McCain refused to be re- released early. He stayed for five and a half years. And, Bob, uh, I'm sorry, uh, but anybody else that says anything, say, well, he uses that POW status. Uh, if I had spent five years in one of those hell holes, I... <laughs> I don't know how I would have reacted after I got out, and, and that's just my two cents. Well, your, your two cents carry a lot of weight, given your status as a veteran, and I, and I respect everything you just said. I, I, I would probably respond with my own two cents to the last part in saying surviving that, if that's what he went through, is heroic. However, it doesn't make you right on everything that you say afterwards, and that's the oh, problem no. that a lot of people ascribed McCain's war hero status to him to mean that, well, you can't argue with him. Look what he did. Look what he endured. Look what he survived. Uh, therefore, we have to give deference to his point of view because of his status as a hero. And his his decision-making as a member of Congress, as a United States senator, should should have no bearing whatsoever on what he did prior to becoming a senator. We, we honor agree. those two things separately. In my view, we should be taking those two things separately. Number one is the honoring of his service to the country as a, as a, as a Navy, uh, aviator, naval aviator. And then what he did as a senator should be judged in and of its own merits and decisions that he makes should be judged based on that, not what he used to do in his previous iterations of his, of his career. And that's, that's the, that's the thing I think some people say. You know what? He uses that as a, hey, you can't argue with me. I'm a war hero too much. And I think there might be something to that. Well, I agree 100%, Bob, because there's a lot of his policies that I didn't care about, especially uh, dealing with those so-called Syrian rebels, uh, mm-hmm. getting uh, trying to take uh, arms away from Egypt and General al-Sisi after the uh, Egyptians kicked out uh, that uh, Mohammed uh, Muslim Brotherhood character. And I mean, and McCain was, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe in his latter days, uh, and with the brain cancer, you don't know, but his policies, no. They, to me, they were suspect. And the fact that he voted down Obamacare as a bit of peak against Trump, I mean, he was the deciding vote. And what better way to get back at your antagonist than to stick it to him? And, and, shame, on, and shame on John McCain for doing that, Bob. I completely agree. And, and, and Norm, before you go, just um, 
to the point you made, obviously, about I can't imagine it even in a, in a nightmare. I don't want to close my eyes and try to imagine three years in solitary confinement. I don't want to imagine the beatings and the things that you're talking about. What do you say to those fellow POWs who were there at the time that he was, who call him a songbird and who has, have told the, the tales? Well, I don't know if their tales are the truth. That's the part of this is so difficult. There were people who were there who said, no, he didn't endure all of those things that people say he did because he sang early and often in order to avoid those things. Now, I don't know what their motivation is to make it up, and I don't know why they would make it up, and I don't know if they are making it up or if there's jealousy there. I don't know, Norm, but but since you're a veteran, you can speak to this better than I can. What do you say to those guys who came out of there uh, saying that's, that's not what John McCain endured? Well... They were there, and I can't question their veracity, Bob. And, you know, you're going to get, it's just like almost the eyewitnesses to a traffic accident or to a murder. You're going to get half a dozen different descriptions <laughs> of actually what went on. I mean, that's about the only thing you could say. You're and right. like I said, from my personal experience, I talked to uh, uh, Bud Day, I talked to Colonel Tom Moe, and several of the other POWs who traveled uh, with Senator McCain on the campaign trail, and every one of them thought that, uh, you know, everything that happened was exactly as it was represented. So I don't know about these other fellows. So. Yeah, and, and that's unfortunate. And, and, you know, I got an email here from uh, Kenny, who is also a veteran uh, in LaGrange Township. And I'm going to read it while you're still on the air because uh, you guys are very like-minded. I think all three of us are like-minded, the difference being you are veterans. He's a Marine veteran. And he said, Bob, let's set aside the animosity between the president and the senator that is rapidly becoming irrelevant. Senator McCain endured what would kill most people. The discussion concerning John McCain's captivity falls into the category of, if you weren't there, shut the hell up. Only the those few men who were in the Hotel Hilton, I think he means Hannah Hilton, are allowed to talk about that tragedy. And I replied to his email and said, I completely agree. The, the difficulty for the rest of us who weren't there, is that we don't know which of them to believe because they're telling different stories. As you said, eyewitnesses to a, to a robbery or to a traffic accident, telling different stories makes you all wonder what's true and what's not, and that's the problem for the rest of us. I couldn't agree with his email more, Bob. And I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, almost like, uh, what is it, the uh, so, soliloquy of Mark Anthony when he said, uh, I come to praise Caesar, not to bury him. The evil that men do live after them. The good is often interred with their bones. You learned your lessons well at St. Ignatius, sir. Thanks, Bob. Have a good Thank day. You. God bless. God bless. Appreciate appreciate you very much. Thank you for everything, including your service. He paid attention in English class. Yes, he did at St. Ignatius. Thank you, Norm. By the way, you're the second person to reference that Shakespearean line today to me. I have um, I have a tweet here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I have a tweet here. From somebody who feels very differently, by the way, about Senator McCain, but used the same line in order to make that point. Let me see if I can find it from Kathy, who tweeted to me earlier on, um, I come not to, boy, I can't find it. I'm going to have to do it by memory. It was, oh, here it is. I found it. Kathy tweeted to me at uh, France Radio, quote, I come to bury McCain, not to praise him. He was undoubtedly a very brave war hero, but his comments about tea partiers, pro-lifers, etc., are almost unforgivable. I do pray for the repose of his soul, however. But she used the same line, but just kind of in reverse. I come to bury him, not to praise him. And I'll say this. 
when you're a public official and you live your life the way he did in uh, in public service as an elected official, you are going to have people who love you and you're going to have people who hate you. And when you pass away, you're going to have people who express that love and that hatred, I think, uh, in, in the same way, largely, than they did in life, or as they did in life. I'll say that to a much different level as a, as a radio show host. You know, I've been, do, I've been doing talk radio for 20 years not as an elected official. I'm not trying to put myself on that plane. But in terms of people who love you and people who hate you, it's part of the job. You accept it. I have people who call me all the time telling me they hate me. Well, call the switchboard and call our station. And I have others saying what a wonderful uh, asset I am. I have people who send me love mail. I have people who send me hate mail. It's part of the job. And I would imagine when I pass away, just like when people like Dennis Prager, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, any of the great you know, popular hosts for through, throughout the uh, years, you know, when they pass away, there are going to be people who sing uh, at the announcement of their death. And there are going to be others who cry. And I think that is the case even with John McCain, and maybe especially with John McCain, given the controversial feud that he's had with President Trump, as well as some of the things that the uh, uh, people just mentioned. His service in the war, his uh, status as a POW, and yes, his very controversial tenure as the quote-unquote maverick of the Senate. More calls coming right up on AM 1420, The Answer. Got a couple of uh, difficult things in the final segment of the broadcast. Again, thank you for joining us. My, uh, Mike Gallagher takes over at uh, at eleven o'clock. Reports are uh, Samuel Lockhart, our producer, gave me this a few minutes ago, and I just saw it repeated on Twitter uh, that the flag is back at full staff atop the White House. President Trump apparently did not issue a proclamation on the death of Senator McCain, which usually calls for the flags to remain at half-staff through the day of interment, which is Sunday at the Naval Academy. A follow-up to that is, in 1954, President Eisenhower made the flag system regular, and that says that the flag should remain at half-mast or half-staff, if it's not on a ship, have staff uh, until burial for any member of Congress. So if that's the regular rule, that's what should be followed here. The flag should be at half staff. Um, the fact that it has been raised back to full staff over the White House um, is troubling. It's extremely troubling because it speaks to pettiness at a level that I, 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 I struggle. You know, it's one thing we've been talking about. I even have a poll right now on Twitter asking, uh, you know, should should people, public figures like President Trump, say insincere, nice things about somebody because they've died, even if they didn't say nice things about them when they were alive? Or should they remain true to themselves and either continue to criticize or just say nothing? Well, President Trump chose to say nothing about John McCain. He just expressed condolences for the McCain family, and that should be enough. That's fine. But this is different. Um, how, nobody's forcing you to say something. It's just follow regular protocol. When a member of Congress passes away, the flag stays at half-staff until burial. It's just, That's the way that it's supposed to be. For him to not order that in this particular occasion, it just does not speak well at all, at all, of the president or of uh, his his character, his his 
views on, on just respecting the dead. Nobody's asking him to give some sort of wonderful proclamation in support of the life and career of John McCain. He didn't like him. McCain didn't like him. That's fine. McCain ordered uh, the, Trump not be allowed at his funeral. That's fine. All of these things happen. But simple flag protocol, this does not look good for anyone, quite frankly. It just, it just doesn't. Um, additionally, someone reminded me again of the enmity between the two. Somebody pointed out on Twitter that, uh, you know, please recall that it was, it was John McCain who uh, played a part in the phony Trump dossier. Uh, remember, he flew a staff member, writes Brett, to London to personally pick up a copy of that Trump dossier to bring back. It was the sole purpose of the trip, indicating that McCain tried to really harm Trump politically and perhaps undermine his presidency or his candidacy for president. It's bad. It's ugly. It was ugly then, and apparently now, even after John McCain's passing, it remains ugly. And what President Trump decided to do with this flag isn't going to help the situation. Todd in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Todd, go ahead. Yo, Bob, I'm not one of your haters, but I do think you're a Clyde Steelers fan, and you're hiding it from the public. I do think that. (laughs) Why do you think that? I just got a gut feeling about it. Besides, that's how I self-identify you, so my opinion is There you go. Well, there you go. However you self-identify, I guess that in 2018, that's that's what you truly are. Okay. Just just tell the truth, Bob. What Um, you got? John McCain. You're letting Hugh Hewitt get you're, you're you're letting Hugh Hewitt get into your head, by the way, because Hugh Hewitt keeps doing that because because I exposed him for his Sam Darnold fandom when I was all Baker all the time before the draft, and now he keeps calling me a closet stealer and Michigan fan, which is funny. But anyway, go ahead. But I didn't hear you say it wasn't true, though. It isn't true, though. I don't you I don't need well, now to say you that. Say it isn't true since I brought it up to say <laughs> that you didn't say it wasn't true. Well, that's because on, it's so man. because the absurdity of it from Hewitt is is just to cover up his own misdeeds when he admitted or when he uh, denied liking Baker Mayfield. In fact, he didn't deny it. He just said he doesn't like Mayfield. That's why he wanted Darnold. And now that Mayfield is the pick, he's all on board and trying to uh, deflect away from his own misdeeds. But uh, anyway, go ahead. McCain's replacement. The governor's yeah. got to pick somebody. My understanding is he's got to pick, pick a Republican. And McCain has, what, four years worth of votes left in, so whoever they pick is going to be sitting there for four years. Is that about mm-hmm. right? That sounds who's right. Li- who's the most likely candidate that will um, benefit the best interest of the country in your Steeler sympathizer opinion? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go there right now because I have not studied all of those potential candidates in Arizona. I just can't do that yet. But I am very, very confident it's not going to be Cindy McCain, which a lot of people speculated that it might be. Ron in Brook Park next. Ron, go ahead. Hey, Bob, I'm not going to talk about McCain and his war years, but I'm going to talk about him as a senator, okay? Okay. I have relatives who live in Arizona, and they have been, you know, they're inundated, as you know, with illegal immigrants constantly down there, and he basically did nothing to alleviate that problem, all right? These people, when they get into office, they forget, you're not elected to serve yourself. You're elected to serve your constituents. Even if you may not totally agree with them, you are elected to do the will of the people. When he did that thumbs down, that was about as nasty as you could do because that stopped what they tried to do, you know, take away Obamacare. And right. over his selfishness and dislike of the president, so all the rest of the country is supposed to suffer because of his pettiness. I'm sorry the man suffered and died, but to say he was a great senator or anything, I don't think so. I, I think that's fair to say. No, I think that's fair to say. You know what? You you wish eternal rest and peace for for someone who has passed away, but that doesn't rewrite their record as a public servant or as a public official or as a person. 
That's very, very well said, and I, and I think that's fair. You can judge a lot of different things about the way he lived, uh, and, and you don't have to change that narrative when someone passes. All right, that's all the time that we've got. Bad news is I'm done. Good news is Mike Gallagher's next. Even better news, you get five straight hours of me tomorrow. I will be in for Hugh Hewitt tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. I'll talk to you then. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.